Welcome to the CMC Podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to be a doer of the Word. Today's message is brought to you by our lead pastor, Tim Brooks. So many folks don't allow the Bible to make their decisions, don't allow what they have heard out of Scripture to guide their choices or to direct their thinking, all the while acknowledging the Bible as God's Word. Okay, it's God's Word, then that means it directs our decisions, it directs our thinking. John 14, 23, if anyone love me, he will obey my teachings. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home in him. To say I love God and not obey his teachings, according to the Word, that's not possible. Our love for him is directly tied, inseparable, to our obedience to him. Now, this is pretty simple to see. If I tell my wife, oh, I love you, I love you, I really love you, I really, really love you, yet daily I live unfaithful to her, you would question my love for her. And, and that's where we, oh, God, I love, oh, I love the Lord, I love the Lord. Except daily, you're living unfaithful to what God's Word says for us. Now, I just, I, I'm going to read some scripture. You just sit and listen. Just sit and listen to this. John 14, 23. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. John 15, remain in me, I remain in you. My words abide in you. Matthew twelve fifty. Jesus said, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, my mother. Psalm sixty-six, eighteen: if you hold sin in your heart, the Lord does not listen to you. Isaiah 59, 1, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your sins have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. How is this generation of Christians doing away with the word sin? Deuteronomy seven twelve: If you pay attention to those laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you and bless you. May I just go on and on and on about reading God's word where we are to walk in obedience to scripture. We're all in this church. This year, our pursuit, members of this church, our pursuit is the kingdom of God. We want to live our life each day in his kingdom. I want to live in peace. I want to live each day in joy. I want to live each day just being blessed by the Father God. I want to live each day being used by God as a city set on a hill, as a lamp on a stand. God, I, I want to walk with you and live in peace and joy in the garden. Uh, that's where we want to live. Well, these parables that we've been in for the last weeks or months will will have to be more to us than just a topic on Wednesday night for us to go to church and hear. It it has to it has to shape our life. It has to shape the way we think, the way we talk, the way we act. And it's it's important for us to know as we are praying for God's blessings in our life, we got to know those who are faithful and obedient to him 
are in line for those blessings. You know, Jesus was clear on this. No one can serve two masters. Through our actions, we're serving God or we're serving the devil. Deuteronomy says, I set before you life and death. Now, choose life. Come on, choose life. You wouldn't think he'd have to give us the answer to that, but he does. Come on, don't just consciously choose the path of death. These parables, and I want to encourage you, go back over, go back over, listen to the podcast over and over and over. Go back and just pick up one of these. Turn on a podcast and listen to it on your way to work or on your way home. And think about how I can apply that to my life as I'm working each day. Think about how I can use that and apply that in my own life. When you work for a boss, he pays you what he said, tools are provided for you, direction is given for you. Now, when you quit working for that boss, he doesn't keep paying you. You no longer have access to the tools. You no longer drive a company truck. You no longer are under the insurance or the benefits of that job. Now, just think that through. Are you working for the boss or are you not working for the boss? That lets you know whether you're in line to use the tools and reap the benefits of that job. This is, it's not hard for us to see. For us, we're going over and over this year, Jeremiah 17 and Mark 7. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. It's beyond a cure. Now, this is why we're spending time in the parables. This is why we're going to leave here and go to the Sermon on the Mount. This is why we come in week in and week out, Sunday in and Sunday out. The heart is deceitful. you got to know that. Mark chapter 7, verse 21, Far from within, out of a man's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, Greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. You want to know what's in your heart? Out of a heart, Mark 7, out of your heart, from within a person, out of that heart, come evil thoughts. Here's what's within you. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed. Malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and just downright folly. Now, the crisis we're in today in our culture is we are being told to look within you for what's right and wrong. Look within you as to what gender you feel like you are today. See, look within you and you make up right and wrong for yourself. It's up to you. Out of the heart come. did you hear what I just read? Out of the heart comes, now when you look within you, here's what you're going to find. Adultery, greed, malice, deceit. When you look within you, here's what's going to come out. My wife, she didn't do that. So I'm going, hold on, hold on. What your wife does or doesn't do have any bearing whatsoever on what you do. Now think about this. My boss, I tell you, he came in. And when I, I, when I get back in there, I'm, whoa, 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 whoa. Your boss, being a jerk, has no bearing on anything you do or don't do. See, what you do 
is let be led by the word of God, whether your boss is or isn't. This doesn't have anything to do with Josh and Paul. They don't work in that situation. But some of you have a jerk for a boss. What he does or doesn't do, what she does or what she doesn't do, doesn't decide what you're going to go out and do. Are, are y'all hearing this? Well, now, we got to think, well, I feel like a man today. I feel like a woman today. Well, I feel like going into the girls' bathroom today. What? Maybe you do, but your feelings don't make those decisions because out of your feelings come evil, adultery, greed, malice, deceit. See, you can't look within yourself and give in to that. And now we're teaching our little children to look within themselves. Within themselves is a temper tantrum. That you, you don't look within yourself, I'm mad. I'm mad, so I'm going to hit somebody. I'm mad, so I'm going to go break out a window. I'm mad, so I'm going to turn over a police car. There's no end to us giving in to our feelings. From within a person comes the wrong feelings. And, and we've got to understand this. We can't look within ourselves for right and wrong. Here, here's what I want you to know. When you're hurt... And we've all been hurt. We've all been hurt. Out of a hurt will come a wrong decision. And you can write that down. When you're hurt, you be very, very careful about making any decision about anything. Out of a hurt will come a wrong decision. Out of an abuse will cause you to then go and make a wrong decision. Well, happened to you was wrong, but now your response to that has to be right. See, out of an abuse comes a wrong decision. Out of rejection comes wrong decisions in life. Out of disappointment comes wrong decisions in life. Let me tell you something else. Out of a win will come wrong decisions. Our coaches fight this all the time. Boy, you win, beat a team by a whole bunch, and why you get cocky, nobody can beat us, we're good, and you don't even prepare for the next game. You'll get whooped. See, out of a win can come a wrong decision. Out of a victory can come a wrong decision. Coaches deal with this all the time. They deal with this all the time. You got beat? Well, let's don't make a wrong decision. The referee made a bad call. Well, let's don't go out here and make another wrong decision on the other end of the court. See, we react to wrong decisions because from within you comes wrong decisions. The heart, Verse 17, Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful above all things. We have to have the Word of God. We have to have the Word of God that tells me how I am supposed to act, how I'm supposed to make decisions, how I'm supposed to conduct myself I've got to have the Word of God for God's blessings to be in my life, regardless of whether my boss is a jerk or not, regardless of whether I got overlooked for a promotion or not, regardless of what your wife did or didn't do, what does the Word of God call me to do? That's the decision I make, and then you're in line for God's blessings in your life. Now, we've got to get this. We've got to get this. 
That's why we're going over and over and over these parables. Because the wrath of God, Romans 1, is loosed on all ungodliness. And, and we've got to, we have to follow God's word. And if we don't, we will follow a reaction to the hurt or the disappointment or the rejection or what just happened to us. Now, these last months we've been in the parables every Wednesday night. We're getting ready to go into the Sermon on the Mount for the next three or four months. Oh, good grief, Tim. I've heard the Sermon on the Mount. I've heard you. I've heard you teach that three or four times myself. I've even read your book. you got a book out there in the lobby on the Sermon on the Mount. How many times do we have to go over it? Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You don't read scripture one time. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that sermon on the Mount. I've heard that. I bet I've heard that three or four times. You don't hear it three or four times. It is constantly before you. It's con- they don't put a stop sign up at an intersection for just a day or two. It stays up there all, every day, all the time. That's that same stop sign. I'm so sick of seeing that same stop sign. It's just been there every day. I hear the same. Every time I go to church, I hear the same sermon. I just hear the same sermon. It's the same stop sign. It's the same yield sign. It, it, because it governs our behavior. It teaches us. It rebukes us. It corrects us. It trains us. And you hear it over and over again because Hebrews 4 says the Word of God is living and active. See, that stop sign is living and active. You're supposed to stop yesterday, you're supposed to stop today, and you've got to stop tomorrow. It doesn't ever quit being stop sign. See, it's living, it's active. It's all, that stop sign's been up there for three weeks now. It's living and it's active, and it shows you what to do when you get here to this crossword. You just said, or you did, or you acted in a way. You come in here on Wednesday night, oh, I just did that. So God, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. Now I get up, and I go, and don't do that tomorrow. See, that's what the Word of God does. Oh, I can't believe I just, he's preaching on the very thing I did today. I can't believe that. He's calling me out. This is the very thing I did. Lord, forgive me. Okay, tomorrow, when that same scenario comes up, I act different than I did yesterday. See, that's what the Word of God is. It's living and it's active and it continues to direct our decisions day in and day out. How do I wrap up these months of study in the parables. Clearly, I can't go back and reteach all the parables. Clearly, I can't go back and recap all that we've, all that we've talked about. What would be fitting for me to wrap up the parables? Turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, a fairly familiar story But I want to dive into this just a little bit as we wrap this series up and we get ready for our next series. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. Early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. 
As he was speaking, teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to Stoner, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust of his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again. He said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down and he wrote in the dust again. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and he said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I go and sin no more. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. Jesus didn't condemn her. He forgave her. And then he tells her to go and sin no more. If you remember... In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was made flesh. Jesus was the Word of God in the flesh. Now, to live blessed, the Word catches you in your wrong. But the Word doesn't condemn you. The Word forgives you. And then the Word says, now go and do what we've learned in the parables. Now, now that you've heard the parables, now that you have had that exposure to the word, now here's what you do. Much of the church is missing the three huge points in this story. Point number one, there is sin. This woman was caught in the act of adultery and there was no justification. There was no, oh, that's really not sin. Oh, that's okay. Everybody is doing it. There, there was no argument. It wasn't okay because everybody's doing it. She was, look what it says, in sin. Um, she was in sin. The second point here, Jesus does not condemn her. Now, we got the second point. We just don't get the first one. She was in sin. Jesus does not condemn you, but he forgives you. He forgives you. I want you to know you are never to read the Word of God. You're never to hear a sermon from this pulpit that you leave here feeling condemned. The Word doesn't condemn you about what you have done. The Word forgives you corrects you so that you leave from this point on and don't do that again. You're not defeated by the word. You're motivated by the word because now I'm excited. I'm not going to make that mistake again. See, now I learned I don't want to do that. Okay, I see what my problem was. I'm not condemned because I messed up there. I am motivated because now I learned a great lesson. Now I want to move forward from here. First of all, there is sin. There's no arguing that. Secondly, Jesus doesn't condemn you. He forgives sin. Now, here's where we're missing it. And I want you to underline verse 11. I don't condemn you. I forgive you. But church, don't quit reading there. You don't stop reading verse 11 halfway through it. Because I don't condemn you, 
because I forgive you, now here's what you do. You go from here. Go from that place of being forgiven. You go from that place of not being condemned. Now from that position, you go from there and walk set free from sin's hold in your life. Now, somehow or another, we're not connecting all of the dots in this sequence of events as Jesus deals with this woman. We've got the, I don't condemn you, I forgive you, but we don't have. Now, as a result of that, now, and I want you to underline that in your Bible, now let's move forward from the past life that we were. So many scriptures we could talk about, the old passes away. All things become new. See, we're washed clean to live free from that. See, there's so much we could talk about right here. Jesus forgives us, but we don't continue in the same lifestyle. I want to make sure that our church knows, absolutely we love those in sin. Absolutely they're welcome to church here. We will put our arms around them. We will embrace them. We will encourage them. We'll love them. Absolutely, those in sin, we want in this church and we welcome them. But because Jesus forgives and he does not condemn, now our church expects you to get set free from the sin that you walked in here with. And that's true for each and every one of us when we come in and we hear a parable. We hear these next three verses in the Sermon on the Mount. We come in, we repent of our sin, and then we get up, and tomorrow we live different than we did before we heard that sermon. Thursday should be different for us as a result of being in church on Wednesday night. Monday is lived different for us as a result of being in church on Sunday. And what happens is we come to church and we hear the word. It goes in one ear and out the other. It doesn't have its effect in our life. And we are living as Christians not, not changed. Not changed. The word of God changes our life. Well, I'm excited about the, 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 all of the lessons that, that Paul and Josh and I have been able to share with you over these last few weeks. But as James says, being a hearer and not a doer of them does us no good. Your blessings will be as a result of you doing that. And we've gotten ourselves in a position where we feel good about ourselves because we went to church. Well, you ought to feel good about yourself for going to church. I'm not against that. But the blessings come as you do what you heard when you were in church. See, the blessings come as you apply that to your temper, to your mouth, to your attitude. And it just, it, it, it's beyond me why you've been a member of a church for 15 years and still deal with the same insecurities that you dealt with 15 years ago. Now, that's beyond me. Now, 15 years from now, we'll be dealing with something. I mean, the devil's always after us. You're not going to not ever be dealing with some issue. But dear Lord, let's don't make it the same one. Let, let's don't make it the same mistake. Let's get over that and start it on another issue. Okay, worry, 
was your issue five years ago, but let's not still be walking in worry. Let's come to a place where we're trusting God. And we've got that worry whipped out of our life. Now we're dealing with this in, in our life. Let's continue to move, as the Corinthians says, from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory in our walk with the Lord. And that's how we walk in the kingdom of God. That's how we live in God's kingdom. We've seen this in every lesson in these parables. The kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like a growing seed. Okay, well, it's, it's not a growing seed, but that's an example of it. The kingdom of God is like a lamp. A kingdom of God is like a city on a hill. Vineyard workers, mustard seed. Okay, think about that. What does that mean to my life? How do I apply that? A hidden pearl, a shrewd manager, ten bridesmaids, the Pharisee and the tax collector, lost sheep, lost coin, the lost son, a man that fell among the thieves, three servants, the sower. See all these parables that we have studied, the kingdom of God is like. Well, if we want to live in the kingdom of God, a lifestyle of peace, of joy, of blessings, then we'll have to do what we've learned in these parables. Y'all stand. Lord, we want to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Lord, as we've received your word to our life, now, Lord, we walk out in your word. We stand on your word. It shapes our decisions. God, help us. Help us not react to things that happen to us in the day, but help us respond like your word. Help us respond out of the word that's in our heart, not out of what just happened in our life. Direct us and guide us as we live our life in your kingdom. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the CMC Podcast. If you'd like to watch our sermons live or looking for more information about our church, visit cmcchurch.com or follow us on Facebook at Christian Ministries Church.